Carl Icahn warns of a recession. A meme stock soars. We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. Nike beats expectations. Alibaba surges and more investments flow into the Web3 space. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Running with the Money Briefing powered by Pound on the Table. I'm your host, Luke Donay, and we have to get right into what in the world the markets are doing. Dow Jones finishing up 254, NASDAQ up 270, and the S&P 500 up 50. So not all too bad of a day, nearly 2% when it comes to the NASDAQ. Now, shifting into the leading headline of the day, Mr. Carl Icahn, warning of a recession, noting that he is fully prepared and has all his protection for a market sell-off. He is prepared. He is loaded up on that market insurance. Furthermore, when you take a look at what he said to Mr. Scott Wepner on CNBC's closing bell overtime show, he goes on to say, quote, I think there very well could be a recession or even worse. I have kept everything hedged for the last few years. We have a strong hedge against the long positions and we try to be activists to get that edge. I am negative as you can hear short term. I don't even predict. So, He is not predicting the short-term volatility. He has most of his positions on the long side hedged, and he doesn't sound all too confident when it comes to the economy. Now, when asked about the Fed in reference to Russia and Ukraine and inflation, he went on to say, quote, I really don't know if they can engineer a soft landing. I think there is going to be a rough landing. Inflation is a terrible thing when it gets going. So he is not even confident and the Federal Reserve's ability to engineer a soft landing for the economy. He believes that this is not going to end well, it seems, and he is prepared when it comes to his positions. He is very much hedged on his longs and prepared for a sharp market sell-off. So this is something to note from a legendary investor. Definitely should listen to your elders. Carl Icahn, a great man to listen to when it comes to investments. Definitely a guy to pay attention to, and that's why we're covering what he said today on the show. Now, shifting into... A meme stock, absolutely soaring, and I think we all know which one it is. Mr. GameStop, a GameStop GME stock soaring today on news that Chairman Ryan Cohen purchased another 100,000 shares of GME today on Tuesday, which brought his ownership to 11.9%. So, Mr. Ryan Cohen now owns 11.9% of GameStop stock. Furthermore, on this news, GME, it jumped nearly 20% after hours, as well as 30% throughout the regular trading session today. So definitely booming when it comes to GME stock, but shifting into the nitty gritty details of this deal or not deal, but really purchase by Cohen. He purchased these shares through his investment company, RC Ventures, with a cost basis of $96.81 up to $108.82 a piece per share. Now, he now owns a total of 9,101,000 shares of GameStop. Boy, oh boy, I bet that position is stressful. Now, a little background on Mr. Ryan Cohen. He co-founded pet supply retailer Chewy. He also was then tapped by GameStop early last year, the service chairman of their special committee, formed by the board to, in essence, lead the transformation of GameStop, a company that is debatedly on its way out. And then furthermore, just two weeks ago, we had big news that sent Bed Bath & Beyond stock soaring when Cohen revealed that he had a major stake now 
in Bed Bath and Beyond stock, which he is now pushing for a turnaround there. So uh, Ryan Cohen is a busy man purchasing more shares in GameStop. GameStop stock soaring on that news. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy. The former on the quote, conversely, we modestly raise our Tesla EPS estimates, mostly on higher pricing with Tesla recently raising prices to a lesser extent, higher volume. So Goldman Sachs liking what they're seeing at Tesla. They're raising their EPS estimates and they continue to like the stock on their higher pricing. Also, Barclays today, reiterating Apple as equal weight. The firm went on to say, quote, the iPhone 12 cycle was strong. The ongoing supply chain uncertainty makes it difficult to gauge the strength of the IP iPhone 13 cycle. China has been a little different than the global pattern where one strong year is followed by two weak years. In China, iPhone units have never rebounded from the iPhone 6, 6 plus highs and in 2021 were 36% below the peak level in 2015. So Barclays continues to rate Apple equal weight pretty much entirely based on the numbers coming out of China not being the best when it comes to iPhone. We also have Goldman Sachs adding Schlumberger to their conviction buy list. Goldman goes on to say, quote, at the same time, we are adding SLB to the America's conviction list as shares have lagged meaningfully more recently. We believe that the underperformance may have been driven by investor positioning and large cap service peers ahead of key pricing, power driven margin improvements and macro tailwinds around energy reliability globally. So Goldman Sachs. Liking Schlumberger, saying that the stock has lagged peers and they believe there's upside in the name. We also had Bank of America reiterating Deer as a buy today. The firm goes on to say, quote, the structural bull case on Deer all ties back to its technology leadership in high tech farming and precision agriculture. By 2050, the world will need to produce enough grain to feed nearly 10 billion people for or from a fixed amount of land. So Bank of America liking what they see out of deer, liking the macro tailwinds, and therefore they believe that the name will do well, reiterating the name as a buy today. We also had City reiterating Coinbase as a buy. Firm on the say, quote, as anticipated, our estimates and target price rebase lower following the recent volatility in digital asset prices, as well as the company's plans to accelerate scale via a sizable investment ramp in 2023. So, City liking most of what they see over at Coinbase, but at the same time, they are lowering they're really just lowering their expectations for the stock given some volatility in digital assets. So Overall, reiterating Coinbase as a buy out of city. We also had Morgan Stanley reiterating Boeing as overweight. They go on to say, quote, yesterday's tragic incident involving a crash of a Boeing 737NG complicates the investment thesis in the near term, just as positive catalysts were beginning to emerge. We continue to like the stock in the medium to long term, but sentiment may weigh on it in the near term. So, Morgan Stanley pretty much coming out, reiterating their call that they like Boeing, but the negative news in the near term could have negative effects on the stock's performance. And then finally, we had Morgan Stanley reiterating Nike as overweight, going on to say, quote, Nike beat street estimates and guidance despite COVID-related headwinds and ongoing supply chain disruptions. Improving trends in China are encouraging, but underlying demand trends likely remain clouded until summer. 
pushing out the re-rating catalyst. So, Morgan Stanley liking Nike as overweight, citing their beat on earnings estimates. Now, speaking of Nike and earnings, we're going to go over those numbers real quick. So, Nike, most recently last night, reported an earnings per share of $0.87 per share versus $0.71 per share expected. It also topped their profit estimates. Now, if you dig into net income, they delivered for the three-month period ended February 28th. Net income of $1.4 billion that beat expectations. Shifting into sales, revenue came in at $10.87 billion beating the expectation of $10.59 billion. And that represents a 5% improvement year over year from $10.36 billion last year. Now, that also, if you shift into their wholesale revenue, Nike's wholesale revenue coming down in the third quarter by 1%, but their store sales rose 14%, and Nike's digital sales in the third quarter rose 19% year over year, pushed higher by 33% growth in North America. So some solid growth coming out of Nike, impressing investors. Now, also, I want to know if you can if you compare the net income of $1.4 billion for February 28th or the quarter ended February 28th to the previous year, it's actually down from $1.45 billion. So that is something to note, net income coming down a bit. Now, Nike, when it comes to inventories, they also said that their balance sheet inventories totaled $7.7 billion. That's up 15% year on year. And their gross margins increased actually slightly 46.6% or to 46.6% from 45.6% last year. So they're doing a bit better on margins, but they did note that they have a little more inventories on their balance sheet due to the fact that there are still ongoing supply chain disruptions, and that is directly from management. But that's really your summary of Nike earnings and what's all going on at Nike, one of the icons of the fashion world. Now, shifting into Alibaba. Now, what in the world is going on with this stock? It moved even higher today, but why? Well, Alibaba on Tuesday announced that they are increasing the size of their share buyback program from $15 billion to $25 billion, $10 billion more than previously set. And this will be effective for two years through to March of 2024. Now, it is also important to note that they have already purchased roughly $9.2 billion in American depository shares, ADRs, for short, which is roughly $56.2 million in sum. So they purchased $56.2 million ADRs worth $9.2 billion. Now, we did get commentary from Deputy Chief Financial Officer Toby Zhao. He goes on to say, quote, Alibaba's stock price does not fairly reflect the company's value given our robust financial health and expansion plans. So it seems they're doing this to boost confidence once again in their stock, not only in China, but also abroad in the United States. Now, Alibaba As we know, they've faced their issues. The Chinese government, they've had macroeconomic issues, and they were also hit with a major fine from the Chinese government of $2.8 billion for antitrust just last year. So the company has been seeing some issues. Also, Tuesday, today, they also appointed Weijian Shan as executive chairman of the Hong Kong headquartered investment group PAG. This is according to CNBC. He will take or take the position on the board as an independent director effective March 31st. So 
In essence, they're making some board changes, and not only have some board changes been made in relation to Alibaba, but they upped their share repurchase program to boost some confidence, once again, in Alibaba stock. Now, before we go, I want to know on two factors surrounding Web3 and crypto. First one I want to touch on is Crypto VC, a major crypto VC fund led by Katie Hun, a former federal prosecutor, raised $1.5 billion. Yes, you heard that correctly. $1.5 billion for her new venture capital firm focused on cryptocurrency. So it's called Juan Ventures. And in essence, they have announced that $500 million was raised for early stage funds and another $1 billion for a more mature startups focused Web3 initiative. So a lot of money raised for the Web3 cryptocurrency space. Now, a little background on Katie Hahn. She actually first got in the crypto when she was pursuing criminals for using cryptocurrency um, basically to get away with crimes or carry out crimes at the Justice Department. And then from there on in 2013, she actually helped the U.S. government buy crypto to work undercover um, as federal prosecutors. And then after that, she actually created the government's first cryptocurrency task force. It sounds like a person that would not like the crypto world. In fact, she also led the investigation into Mt. Gox, that major hack. And then after all of that, after going after all of these criminals in the cryptocurrency world or in relation to the crypto world, she turns around and she joins Coinbase, Coinbase Global, the major crypto exchange that everyone loves today on And she joined their board in 2017. And then after she joined the board in 2017, she met a man named Chris Dixon, which she went on to manage Anderson Horowitz dedicated crypto funds with. So she has a lot of experience in crypto, not only on the side of the law, but also on the side of investments and exchanges. A very interesting person. But the real headline coming out of this is a total of $1.5 billion um, went to her fund. She raised $1.5 billion for her crypto fund, which is massive. She's very confident in cryptocurrency, very confident in Web3. She believes change is coming. And this is just another example of even more money moving into the crypto Web3 space. Now, Another headline some of you might not be all too familiar with, but if you're in the NFT world, you know of Bored Apes Yacht Club, and they recently had their IP purchased by Yuga Labs. So the creator of Bored Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, announced that they raised $450 million in funding that was led by Anderson Horowitz as well as it begins even more metaverse projects. Yes, this just keeps getting crazier. Now, other investors in this deal included FTX Trading, The Sandbox, and Anacola Brands. So many, many companies and investors involved in this. And Yuga noted in their statement that said they raised $450 million, they noted that this brings their valuation to $4 billion. Yes, that's right. In NFT focused company, firm, whatever you want to call it, Yuga Labs, coming in with a $4 billion valuation, raising $450 million. I mean, this is just big time stuff. So what really I throw these headlines here for, I throw these headlines in front of you for the very fact that they are just continual examples that Web3, cryptocurrency, companies, funds, whatever they are, they are increasing when it comes to 
the amount of funds they're receiving. I mean, they're getting a drastic amount of investment, and it's almost every day now you hear of a crypto fund or a Web3 fund garnering massive investment. So what it is an example of is the smartest and the biggest money or a lot of big money moving in to a new industry. And typically when you see that, you see a lot of opportunity. These new industries are getting huge influxes of capital and likely all of these smart people with all their big money, they aren't just dumping it there without doing their homework. So maybe this will encourage you to do some homework in the Web3 and crypto world and maybe find some new interesting investments for you to jump into. But either way, I want to thank you all for listening once again. This was another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back tomorrow, of course. But in the meantime, go get my boys and fellow team members over at Pounding the Table. Listen at Pounding the Table on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And also, please go and give me and my team a follow and listen at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Luke Danae on Twitter. Until then, easily profit, trade on, and I'll see you tomorrow.